0: there, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of Kingdom Culture, where we talk about real life struggles, the pursuit of God in our process, overcoming our past, and becoming the sons and daughters God created us to be. I am your host, Kara. And we're going to do a little bit of a pivot today. The last couple weeks, we were starting
1: a series about the toxic
0: gender assignments given to men and women in our culture today. And over the last couple of weeks, we talked about the toxic feminist mindset. If you haven't listened to that one yet, I encourage you to go back and check it out. And then last week, I just did a short recap just to provide some clarity and insight um, on some of the points that I made before I wanted to move forward. But You know, sometimes when you live led by the Holy Spirit, it doesn't always really pan out the way you think it's gonna. So over the course of the last week or so, uh, the Lord has really been impressing on my heart to pivot. And again, it's through personal experience. And I think that tonight's episode is going to be impactful because I believe it's something that many, mostly all everybody is going to be able to relate to. And honestly, you might have even asked similar questions that I'm going to pose um, tonight. You might have asked these yourself when it comes to certain situations in your life where you are just not understanding. Now, I think what I want to start with tonight, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit lead. I've prayed before I came on tonight, and I really just want the Lord's leadership and his guidance, because again, I don't know if this is going to be a one-time episode or if it's going to turn into a couple different ones, then we might come back to what we were going to talk about before, but I want to start by just making a statement that I believe that there is a lot of confusion around who people are told God is when they first come to know him through faith and begin to build a relationship with Jesus. Now, that's a very broad statement. I understand that and it's on purpose. So there are many characteristics that are very true of God and I believe that in Some of the misunderstandings of his character is where the problem occurs, because I believe that some of his good characteristics have been perverted, twisted, and swayed to appease the humanness within all of us, the flesh of all of us who we want God to be and who we want Jesus to be. And oftentimes, many people who claim to know him are knowing something other than who he truly is. And that is something that needs to be talked about um, because it's scary, first of all, for someone to really truly believe they're following after the Lord, only to not actually be following after the Lord. Um, and, you know, part of the call of the kingdom of each child of God is to speak truth in love. And it's to keep our brothers and sisters accountable. And it's to help keep each other on track. Now we are very responsible for our own relationship with God and in no way, shape or form is this any judgment on a single person. It's really more or less a call to action. And, A call for, you know, just general understanding because I care about people and I care about people's souls and their understanding of who God is. And I just believe that there has been some bad teaching and some expectations that are not realistic and they're not biblically based. That a lot of new believers come into walking with the Lord expecting one thing because of what they were promised in some ways. And then when things don't happen that way, they question their faith, they question the reality of God, and they turn away, which is ultimately the plan of the enemy. And that's why the enemy plants bad teaching, and that's why the enemy allows um, you know, these types of lies to be produced through people because his ultimate goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can kill and steal, and destroy your faith, your belief, your trust in God, then ultimately, best bet, he's going to try to do it. So we have to stay vigilant. We have to stay informed. We have to stay educated. We have to stay walking in the spirit, the true spirit, the one true spirit of God, the almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, Yahweh, you know, Yeshua. We have to be walking with Jesus in order to be walking correctly. And we have to know what the word of God says and which context the word of God states things to make sure that when we hear things that are not true, that we can stand up against it and speak truth against those lies. The Bible says when we resist the devil, he will flee. Resisting does not mean laying down and just ignoring it. Resisting and resistance is a battle. It's a fight. You must fight the devil. You must be able to stand up to him and speak truth. That's how you battle. You put on the full armor of God and you battle. The sword of the spirit is the word of God that pierces him with truth and that is how you get him to flee that is how you get him to leave you alone okay so what I want to start out with is we're going to talk about suffering okay and why we suffer and there are many questions about it and let's just start back to how this all came to pass because this is context which by now I hope you guys know I'm kind of big on and I want to give you the background so you have an understanding of where I'm coming from so about a couple of weeks ago, I entered into or maybe out of. Um it was kind of a transitional time. So it's just been a very hard season. The last year has been pretty rough. And I talked about this, I've touched on this. Um haven't gone into you know super huge detail about a lot of things, but enough detail to give you some insight into my life. And so it's just been a very humbling year. It's been a big year of growth, of of change, transformation, all beautiful things, but they're hard things. Things that I often had to suffer through and I'm still suffering through things now. And I don't say that so anybody feels sorry for me or for me to say, oh, woe is me, or oh, poor pitiful me, or oh, look at me, I'm suffering, no. That's not at all why I'm saying that. I'm just sharing the fact that suffering is a real part of walking with Jesus. And we're going to get into more of this um, and help you to understand why God allows that to happen to his children. Because a lot of the, I think, belief systems are based in if you're a good person and you follow God and you are a believer, that your life is going to be pretty awesome. It's not untrue. But what does pretty awesome really mean? What does it really look like, you know? And there is so much benefit to following God. There's so much benefit and good things and blessing to following God. However, not always does it feel that way. Sometimes you need some space and distance from a situation in order to actually appreciate the blessing that it was. Oftentimes things are very painful. Growth is painful. Change is painful. Letting go of things is painful. Dying to your flesh is painful. There are many things that we must suffer through in order to grow and become refined through the fire of God and to become the people that he created us to be because we are coming out of a sinful nature that we are born with in this fallen, sinful world. We are coming out of a sinful nature to be new creations made in Christ Jesus, covered with the blood and forgiven and called righteous because of him. So a lie that we have to dispel right off the bat is that if you follow God and you're a believer of Jesus Christ, and you follow him and you obey the Holy Spirit, that your life is going to be without pain or suffering. And I just want to make sure that's so clear from the very beginning, because many people do believe that everything that's quote unquote, bad is from Satan. And the thing is this, you guys, like we only have a limited knowledge. We only have a limited, finite understanding. And sometimes what we perceive as bad actually isn't bad at all. And it might not feel good. It might not be an enjoyable experience. But the outcome, what God is producing in our lives, the fruit that he is creating in our lives is good. And that we must go through it, not around it. So we have to just be able to surrender all of our ideas to God and let him lead us. Yes, some things are 100% warfare. Yes, 100% from the enemy. Some things that are bad are definitely from him. However, God has to allow everything. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So if you've ever read the book of Job, this is where we're going to talk from tonight is the book of Job. So last Friday, last week was pretty rough. I, I was having some issues physically that I've never experienced in my entire life before. And it was really unsettling. Um, and, and the Lord spoke to me about it and kind of cautioned me about some things. And he ended up ultimately leading me to scripture. Now, this all does tie back to an event that happened last year. And it sort of was the catalyst for this. And the funny thing is, is it's a kind of came full circle, even to the date. And what was really crazy to me is just how faithful God is and how much he showed me in so many private moments with him this past week about how things that I prayed a year ago he actually has been answering, and he actually has been showing up and doing. It's just in a way that I didn't expect him to do. It's the way that he's doing it because he's God and I'm not. So I wanted to share with you some of the insight that I received. Now, some of this is not my own words. Some of this are, some of this is notes from my study Bible, um, and then some of them, is, some of oh my goodness gracious, you guys, some of it is from my study Bible, and some of it is my own insight. Um, And some of it is just straight scripture. So the commentary from the Bible, I'll make sure that I mention that it's not my own um, interpretation or it's not my own um, wording. I'm just writing down the notes from my Bible. But it's so insightful, you guys. And I really hope that this gives somebody some freedom today from the lie that you're not supposed to suffer. Um, Jesus, who was God as man, he suffered. He suffered an awful, terrible death so that we can live free in him and have everlasting life with him and have a relationship with God through him. So if Jesus was going to be crucified on a cross and he was to be killed and he was to suffer, what makes us think that we're not supposed to? That doesn't even make any sense. Jesus was the example. He was the prime example of a perfect human being, yet he still suffered immensely. He suffered slander. He suffered isolation. He suffered people thinking that he was demonized and that he was a crazy person. And, you know, they spat on him and ripped his beard out and beat him and murdered him. And obviously for his own glory, because it was always a part of the plan. But it doesn't matter. The same thing is he was betrayed. There were so many things that Jesus went through. He suffered so much. It doesn't make any sense that we would imagine that we would be immune from that. So I want to just make it clear again, from the very beginning, we as Christians are promised suffering in this life. We are promised trials and we are promised tribulations. We are promised that things will not always be easy. We are promised that, you know, it's not easy walking with God. And, but the payoff is so worth it because we get to know him. And the payoff is so worth it because we get to spend time with him. We get to understand who he is. We get to commune with him. And ultimately we get to spend the rest of forever with him. So, but that begins here on this earth. We, we get to do that here on this earth starting now because we're called to do that through knowing him through being his children. So, Hopefully that alarm does not go off again. I'm tracking my energy for the next three days so I can try to get myself on a better routine for productivity. So if it goes off again, I'm just going to probably try to turn it off. So please just ignore that. I apologize. I probably should turn that off before I started recording, but here we go. Okay, so I'm gonna be reading from my journal. Now, the funny thing is, is, I just bought this uh, journal about a week ago, and it's a 400 page journal. And right now, you guys, I literally, this is so funny. I journal so much. It's so funny. This is from February the 5th. It started. Today's the 16th. So, in 11 days, I've literally written like this much. I only have this much love. That's really hilarious to me. And a lot of it is notes from my Bible study of the book of Job so just to put this out there on um, last week the Lord had me sit down and told me the night before I want you to read the story of Job and so I said okay and I asked him if if I could listen to the book on an audiobook through YouTube and he said yeah you can listen but I want you to actually like read the book Tomorrow or read the story tomorrow, and I said, Okay, so I got up to start doing that, and I literally read the entire 42 chapters. So, anyway, it's a uh, very long book, there's a lot in it, there's a lot to it, and so again, I'm gonna let Holy Spirit lead this, and hopefully, it makes some sense to someone. Hopefully. It helps someone understand God a little bit better. Hopefully it dispels some myths or some lies that you have been told over time. And if I'm looking down, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm just reading my notes. If you're listening on Spotify, you won't know the difference. You might hear my pages rustling, but that's what's happening over here, friends. Okay, so here's where we start, okay? Immediately as I started reading this book... The book begins and ends with a a prose description of Job's life, comparing the suffering that Satan inflicted on him over and against God's care, protection, and ultimate blessing. We're going to stop right there because we're going to start right there. God petitioned Satan for Job. When they called the heavenly council, it said in the Bible that Satan was there among the angels And God asked him, hey, where are you coming from? And he said, oh, I'm just roaming around the world, roaming around the earth to and fro, coming back from doing that. And then God says, have you considered my son Job? Okay. God petitioned Job to Satan. Job's life was not just attacked by Satan without God knowing or God even assigning it. Now, that might ruffle some feathers and that might make some of you super uncomfortable, but that's the word of God. And the reason he did that was because everything God does, this is something we're going to get into in a later episode. I already know the Lord has put it on my heart, but everything the Lord does is for his glory. It really had very little to do with Job being afflicted. It had more to do with God being glorified through Job's trial. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Okay, so basically suffering and pain in Job's life was severe, very severe. And, you know, maybe you've asked this question, maybe you're asking it right now, like, how can God allow righteous people to suffer? How? We're giving up everything. We're sacrificing so much for him. We're giving up all of our worldly, you know, behaviors and our worldly mindsets and our habits. Like, how could we suffer like that doesn't even make any sense or even fair again jesus suffered and he is god the disciples did not have an easy life and they lived with god as nomads basically okay the point of following god is not of what we can get out of it it's not to be blessed it's not to have all of these things it's not to not have a hard life the Point of following God is because we are made for relationship for Him, and to know Him is the greatest gift of all. Even if we get nothing else from Him, knowing Him, having the ability to have relationship with Him, that is the benefit. That is the gift. He is the gift. He is everything that we actually need. We don't actually need anything else. He allows us to have other things because he has good plans for us and he has assignments for us to walk out and complete while we're here on this earth. And so those do take certain resources, but he's giving us things and he's blessing us with things for his glory, not for ours. And suffering does not make God unloving or unjust and some people might be asking though these are notes from my bible why doesn't god stop human suffering and the suffering of all creation if he is in control of all things ultimately god speaks and reminds job that the knowledge his knowledge is very limited when compared to the inexplicable wisdom of god god is good and he is in control though his people may sometimes wonder where he is Personally, in this past season, I've literally cried out and said, Lord, I thought you said you were never going to leave me. Where are you right now? This does not feel like you're here. It feels like I'm very alone. It feels like you are very far away. But I always had to remind myself to say, but I know that's not true because your word says that you will never leave me nor forsake me. And if, if you don't feel close by right now, I know that you are here. But seriously, like, where are you? (laughs) You know, I mean, like, there's definitely that humanness in all of us that will question, wait a second, where did you go? You know, in certain situations that are extremely painful or really, really hard or like really confusing, which it's been sort of like a mixture of those things. But God cautions Job and us as the readers of the book against trying to make simple correlations between their blessing or suffering on this earth and God's goodness, care, or control. Every person is called to something different. Every person is called to a different assignment. The Bible talks about God creating us each with a plan and a purpose that he's created each of us with that plan and purpose in mind from before time began, before the earth was created, he knew us. Before we were in our mother's womb, he knew us. He knew exactly everything about us, every detail, every minute detail. It says in the word of God that he knows how many hairs are on top of our heads at any given time. So, I mean, like, he literally has all the details figured out. He knows everything, like everything. There's nothing that gets by him. There's not a piece of information that gets by him that he doesn't know. He's never shocked or surprised. He's always in control. He's always sovereign. He's always in control. Even when it feels out of control, God is in control. And that is why it's so important that we have to surrender our control and our understanding of it to him and just be led by him and have peace knowing that he's going to lead us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to protect us. He's going to give us everything that we need, even if in that moment, it doesn't feel like it's enough or it's not the thing that we want. It's not the thing that we need to have to us. Much like Job, I'm sure he did not think that everything being stripped from him in one day was what he needed or being covered in sores And it boils on his skin where he literally was like oozing was what he needed. But ultimately, as we'll get to later on, it was because God was able to do wonderful things through Job's heart. And also prove he was being glorified no matter what he went through. And so it was a battle between God and Satan. It didn't really have a whole bunch to do with Job. Job was a righteous, upstanding man. He was blameless. He abhorred sin. It wasn't like he was being punished for something. And that's what we're gonna get into because a lot of times people think, and this is even what his friends were saying is, you know, you need to, uh, you know, repent for your hidden sin. Just surrender to the God, to the Lord and like repent for all your sin. That's why you're being afflicted, Job. That's not why he was being afflicted. Job was being afflicted because God decided that he wanted to test Job to show Satan that he was a righteous man. Things we don't understand because God is above our 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 thought processes. He's above our ways. He's way smarter than we are. He knows everything from beginning to end. So what we might think is super awful and terrible, it might end up actually being for our good. And in Romans 8 28, it says that God will work together all things that were meant for our evil, for our for our bad, for our good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So, yes, he can take the things that we make mistakes with or that that the devil brings to our lives. But again, God has to authorize. He has to authorize. Nothing gets past him. He's the final authority. What he says goes. So in this story, when when, the enemy was petitioned and said, hey, what about my son Job? He was given limits. The devil came and said, well, pfft course he's not going to say anything to you about about you bad because you blessed him he's rich he has like 10 kids he has like all these camels and goats and land and houses and servants and you know all this stuff of course he's not gonna say anything against you because you have blessed him so greatly but let me touch his stuff and then he's gonna spite you to your face is what the enemy said to god and god said okay go for it you can you can take his stuff away but you can't Touch him. So in one day, Job lost his sons and daughters. He lost his property. He lost all of his livestock, which was his livelihood. He literally had his wife and a couple of servants left. That was it. Of everything he owned, he was wiped out in one day. And in chapter one, verse 21, it says, instead of, you know, being angry and upset and freaking out do you know what he did he worshiped he tore his clothes and he said the lord give and the lord taketh away may the name of the lord be praised and he worshiped god because he said i come into this world naked and naked i leave the lord can give and he can take away and that is the that is the posture that we must have for the Lord, because everything we have is because he gives it to us in the first place. And it's not that we've earned it. It's not that we've made it happen. It's not that we are self-made. That is such a lie. It's such an idol. It's such a worldly mindset. If you are a believer, then if you believe that you need to take that to the Lord and repent because you are the vine or he is the vine and you are the branches. And without the branch being attached to the vine, the, the branches can do nothing. We only have what we have because God gives it to us. Period. We can do nothing apart from him. Period. We couldn't take our next breath if he doesn't allow it. Period. So having that humility to say, okay, Lord, you know what? You gave it to me. It's really yours and you can take it away. I'm still going to worship you. Because my value and my worth is not in my stuff. It's not in my things. It's not in my family. My identity is not rooted in the things that I have or, or what I've produced in my life. It's really you. So you are here, are here still. I didn't lose you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to worship what stands and what stays and what's forever, which is you. And I'm a vessel. So what you want for me to do is what you want for me to do. And I'm not really in a place to question it. It's called humility. And many of us, I I mean, think about it. Think about put put yourself in that position. Would you actually respond that way? I don't think that I would have. Now, reading that, obviously having a prime example of how to handle a situation like that, it gives us a measure. It gives us a model. It gives us a way to approach a situation like that. But had I not read the story and I was just Job. You know what I mean? Like, would I have said that and done that? Heck no. I probably would have freaked out. You know, I freaked out about a lot less stuff. And then I realize, like, Wait, what am I doing? Like, this is not even important. You know? I get upset about things that are, like, not even important sometimes. And I have to really call myself out of it and say, Lord, like, I can see you're growing me and showing me. And, like, this is not how you've created me to be. And I give that to you but that's only because we have the word of God and I'm able to read and learn and grow because I have that measure. They didn't have this measure. He, he literally is the measure. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's really important just to kind of think about. God is always at work and is capable of using great pain and suffering to fulfill his good purposes in the world. Jesus' death and broken body on the cross seemed that his battle against evil was lost, yet all the while... God was working to perfectly accomplish his glorious mission to save fallen sinners. So in Jesus's pain and suffering and ultimate death on the cross, his disciples, his followers, the Roman leadership, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, everyone around, everyone who witnessed with their eyeballs that he was crucified and murdered on a cross, thought that he was dead, that it was over. That wasn't the story. We know that three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven six weeks later. And there he sits now today alive by God on the right hand side of the father, waiting, waiting with bated breath to return for his bride, not knowing the time of the hour. Only God knows that information, but he is waiting and he is ready. And so like, the mission of God to allow suffering in our lives is ultimately to bring him glory and it required Jesus. It required Job to go through the middle of the pain through the middle of the suffering. They did not have an option to circumvent like Job had to go through the pain. If you remember in the garden, Uh, before Jesus was arrested, he prayed and he was literally sweating blood. He was so nervous and he was in so much anguish about knowing his fate on the cross because he, again, was human, although he was God. And he was praying and said, God, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. But he knew that there wasn't. He had to go through the pain. He had to go through the agony. He had to go through the suffering in order for the outcome of truth to prevail, in order for God's glory to be revealed. And this is just such an important thing to remember, that often when we go through suffering, that we need to take heart in the fact that while we will surely suffer, While we will surely suffer, 100% we will suffer. Not 100% of the time, but there is a 100% chance that we will at some point or at some points we will suffer. We will experience suffering and pain and anguish and confusion where it literally feels like, why me? But again, it's, through the finite understanding and wisdom that we have, that we cannot lean on our own understanding, that we have to surrender all of our ways to God so that he can create a straight path for us and lead us down the right way. He is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. So he is the one who's able to reveal, to lead, to guide, to further our walk and understanding, even though it's sometimes confusing. He can give us peace and comfort in those times where we just know he's there and we don't have to understand the why because at some point it'll make sense. We just have to go through the middle process with him. We have to go through that that part that we don't like because we don't want to suffer. We don't want to go through pain. We don't want to have things not go our way. And suffering, guys, can be something so simple as just not getting your way, an expectation failing, um, you know, an opportunity, a door closing, something you're really excited about, not coming to pass uh, or falling short or falling through, um, you know, maybe not getting a job. or, Or there could be so many different things where suffering can happen, okay? It doesn't have to be necessary to the level of job but we have to understand that not every single thing is the devil and not every single thing is bad because we will suffer but it's for a reason our pain is not for nothing it's not for nothing it's not for nothing and in our pain we have to remember that god is at work and he can be trusted We must trust him. We must trust that he knows what's going on. We must trust that he knows what's best. We must trust that he has a reason. We must trust that even though we don't understand his way, that we surrender to his way because his way is the way. Jesus is the way to God, the one way, okay? People don't like that either. It shouldn't have to be all like that. Oh, it should be many ways. Oh, there's one way to God. That is the truth. One way to God, it is through Jesus Christ. Not through however we decide to get there. It's one way. And that can also be painful sometimes. For people to understand, to believe, to grab hold of, you know. It's, you know, maybe fighting pride to believe that. Who knows? There's a whole slew of things. But there is one way to God and it's through Jesus Christ. And he is the one that you can trust. One. Only one. He's the only one. There's not a person you can trust more than you can trust God he has already won the war and he has already given us healing and he's already given us relief and he's already given us a victory. We just might not see it yet. We might not see it yet, but it's coming because he's good. And when I say healing, that can mean a lot of different things. It doesn't always necessarily mean physical healing from physical diseases or physical ailments. Although God does heal, he still heals from those things. When I say healing, I mean healing from mindsets, healing from habits, fe- healing from generational curses, healing from all these different things that also create healing from sin. He heals our soul from sin sickness. Okay? And this is the thing that we have to hold on to, that healing looks like a lot of different things. We have to, we have to broaden our horizons. We have to broaden our mind when we think about terminology, where it's not so laser focused on meaning one singular thing. Because sometimes God, and this is another episode for another day, sometimes God allows people to have diseases, to have sicknesses, to have injuries, to have, you know, disabilities. And why he does it is for his glory. We don't always understand everything. We don't always understand why God lets things happen the way that he lets them happen, but he has a plan for it, and that's why he's doing it. That's why we have to just surrender and say, you know what, God, I don't understand it, and I probably wouldn't do it that way, but you know what? You're a lot smarter than I am, and you created everything, and you know the beginning of the to the end, and you know everything that's going to happen, and I don't. So the reason that this is happening this way, you have to have a good reason for it. I'm just going to trust you. That however it's supposed to work out, that it's going to work out because you are in control. Job one twenty one again, the Lord give and the Lord take away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And again, this is something we need to think about when things don't go our way or we are disappointed. Just take it back to the Lord. I mean, we can be vulnerable with him. We can We can cry out to him and be real about our pain. I mean, we're not supposed to be robots over here who feel nothing. I mean, like that's part of the human experience. But... Pain and suffering often invites us into relationship with Jesus. It invites us into relationship with him. It allows us to come to him and say, God, what is going on? I need your insight. I need your help. I need your strength. I need your encouragement. I need you to help me persevere. I need your endurance. I need your wisdom. I need your comfort. I need your knowledge. I need you to tell me how to handle this. What do I do? What's going on? Why is this happening? It invites dialogue. It invites relationship. It invites intimacy. It invites vulnerability. It allows us to come to God, ask his children, and say, Dad, I need your help. I need your help. Will you please help me? and he's going to help you. He's going to he's going to help you in some way, shape, or form, whether it's through sending you people into your life to speak into your life, although still so take everything back to the Lord because not everything that someone says is necessarily from him, and Job's friends are a very good um, example of that. You know, at first, they just come and they sit with him for a whole week. They just mourn with him because he's in such bad shape that they literally almost didn't recognize him sitting on the ground and were really sad for him. They just sat there in silence for seven days and then after that because they were confused about the situation they were trying to put their human mind spin on things they began ultimately creating more pain for joe because they were accusing him of things that weren't true like having hidden sin and needing to do this and you know uh, accusing him of being a terrible person and not helping people and being prideful and all these things that weren't true and it wasn't why he was experiencing that pain not that he was blameless or sinless Which was one thing that kind of came out when he was justifying himself and defending himself at some points where the Lord did reveal there was some pride in Job's heart. So the beauty of his pain was to reveal some brokenness that he needed to take care of because he was in a high position. He was the greatest man of the East. He did have more than anyone there. He was well known. He was well respected. And sometimes that can go to our heads. Our egos can grow. Our pride can grow and it becomes something really, really nasty. And the Lord wanted to break him of that. And it wasn't because of Job's pride that God did that. But because God did that, Job's pride was revealed. It's important to remember that. It's important to take that away. It's important to understand that, that the Lord ultimately brought suffering on Job's life because God knew that Job would stand, that he was a righteous man, and that he would not turn on him. He would not turn on God, and he would not speak against God, and he would not sin against God. And it was a battle between God and Satan. And ultimately, Job stood fast for most of the time, although some pride did come up. God did come and he did kind of rebuke him at the end and say, hey, where were you when I created the earth? I'm sure you have all the information on that because you happen to know everything that's going on here because of the pride. God came and corrected him in love and then ultimately restored Job back to better than he was. He gave him double of what he had. He gave him a better life than what he had before his suffering came. He came and gave him double of what he did before. His better days were later, not before. So we never understand really what the suffering is for. That's kind of the point. We don't necessarily need to understand what the suffering is for, but we do need to expect to suffer when we walk with God and that the suffering... Oftentimes, if we allow it and we don't get bitter and we don't get angry and we don't get self-righteous and we don't get prideful and we don't get, you know, um, woe is me and we don't get to a point where we are a victim and we are pitying ourselves... It actually invites growth into our lives. It invites expansion into our lives. It invites, again, intimacy and relationship with God into our lives. And it helps us to grow and become more like Jesus and more like the people that God created us to be in the first place so we can walk out every single task that he has ordained for us with the mind in the right place to be able to walk those things out. Focused on God, focused on His goodness, focus on His faithfulness, and focus on the fact that we are called children of God, and that we are not immune to suffering or trials or hardship in this life. Just because you follow God does not mean you're gonna be wealthy. Just because you follow God does not mean you're gonna have a super nice house. Just because you follow God does not mean you're not gonna be unwell. Just because you follow God does not mean you're gonna drive a super nice car. Just because you follow God does not mean that you're never gonna have hardship or trouble in your relationships. Just because you follow God does not mean you're going to live a life that is just rainbows and puppy dogs all the time. That doesn't make sense. It's not realistic. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. It's not truth. We have to understand that as we are called, we are called to walk in accordance to his will and to his way. And a lot of the things that he calls us in to do is not easy. They are not easy things that he calls us to do. They can make us be outcasts sometimes. They can put us in, in situations that we would rather not be in. He can put place us in predicaments that are difficult and uncomfortable. It's suffering. we're suffering for the glory of god we're suffering for his glory and he will honor that you guys whether on this earth or after it doesn't really matter this life is a blip on the radar yes it's important and yes we have so many wonderful things to experience here but our minds need to be based in eternity we need to start thinking about how does my action now affect eternity how does my behavior now affect affect eternity how does my lifestyle now affect eternity? How does my witness now affect eternity? There's there's not to cancel out the importance of life on this earth right now in our generation, in this moment, during our lifetimes. We are called to plant and grow and, and harvest and build and create and, you know, sow into people and to witness and share God's love and experience beautiful blessings and have all these things. But what we might think of beautiful blessings might not be what we're taught to believe they are. That's the point of that, right? Job did not expect that his suffering would turn to blessing. Now, his blessing did materialize in material goods and things and more children and all that kind of stuff, but sometimes it's not going to materialize that way. It might just be growth. It might just be a more close relationship with God. It might just be a better relationship with your with your friends or family members or your spouse, or it might just be better understanding of who you are. It might just be better understanding of your identity. You know, And those are all amazing blessings because those are the catalysts that will really propel you and help you to be the person God created you to be so that you can understand where you are with him in your walk. And when things come your way, when trials come your way, you're not going to let them turn you over on your head and you're going to be able to still give him praise and you're still going to be able to give him thanks and you're still going to be able to rejoice you're still going to be able to say, "You know what, Lord, I still follow you, I still worship you, you are still worthy to be praised and that ultimately is part of what this whole book is about is job's faithfulness, despite his little bit of pride he's a human, he's not perfect, no one was perfect but Jesus he's not expecting us to be perfect. He's expecting us to be present. He's expecting us to be intentional. He's expecting us to be mindful. He's expecting us to be connected to him. Okay. There's literally so much more and maybe we'll dive into a little bit more next week, but I think right now I'm going to go ahead and end this episode right here. And I just pray that if you have any questions about this, and I think we probably will pick up on a part two, because it's kind of like a, cliffhanger uh, where we're leaving out a lot of information, but I, I don't want to take this too much longer because this is a very long um, episode. So I do want to break it up into a couple of different chunks. But if you guys have any questions about this episode or have any comments or feedback, I would love to be able to talk with you more about it. So head over to the Facebook page uh, the Kingdom Culture podcast and on uh, Facebook, leave a comment there, join the group. And if you want to leave a comment on YouTube or on Spotify, by all means, let's start a conversation. I would love to be more engaged with every single person who is, you know, investing your time listening to these podcast episodes. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for even coming and supporting. You could totally choose to do something else with your time, but I'm so grateful that you choose to engage with this content and that hopefully it is blessing you. And I just pray that the Lord speak to you about this tonight, that he allow you to have a better understanding. If there are questions or confusion about anything we've talked about, I just ask you take that back to the Holy spirit and allow him to just minister to you and give you clarity and insight. But until next time, you guys be blessed.